Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Cool show today. We have Big Pete's Treats, which is the cookie and treat in California. They are a legacy brand. They've been around forever. We have Little Pete, uh, the Little Pete to the Big Pete on the show today, live from MJ Unpacked. It is a great episode as he comes to the East Coast to look for licenses, to look to raise a new round. Fascinating conversation about brand. They are at the head of the DTC movement using ginger. Um, and we just had a lot of fun. He's kind of an old school cannabis guy, grew up in the industry, uh, cut from the same cloth he is. I really enjoyed it. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Just a quick second to thank the sponsors. Uh, I'm out in MJ Unpacked, as I said. Thank you to MJ Unpacked for sponsoring the show. Thanks to the Flower Agency for having me out in New York. Uh, I could not do this without you guys. Much appreciated. All right, let's get into the episode with Pete of Big Pete's Treats. Pete, what's up, man? Thank you for being on the show. So nice to meet you. Big Pizza name a lot of people are going to know, uh, but excited to sort of dig in behind the curtain. Um, just to be clear, you're Little Pete Correct. to Big Pete, right? Yes, sir. Okay, talk about Big Pete and yeah. your dad and what you're doing here and the legacy, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. so Big Pete's my dad. You know, we're, 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 he grew up coaching. I grew up, he was coaching me in baseball. That's how he got his nickname, Big Pete. I was Little Pete, right? And so... That's where it all started. That's really. adorable, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's where it all started, right? And, uh, you know, growing up playing sports in Santa Cruz, everyone always asks, oh, man, where, where, did you grow up smoking weed all the time and this and that? No, we grew up playing sports, normal childhood, that, that, that type of thing. And uh, then when we got into college, that's when me and my dad and I started getting stoned together. Sick. Um, and having lots of fun. And um, he was kind of semi-retired at the time and wanted to get in the cannabis industry. So in 2009... Right, kind of when I was graduating college, he went to Oaksterdam University. Sick. They've been on the show before. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they've done I did a whole, like, MTV Cribs, like, walkthrough at Oaksterdam. Nice. It was pretty rad. Oaksterdam's awesome, right? And, yeah. and so, and actually, they've done an alumni story on Big P because a big part of our story is my daddy went to Oaksterdam University for his class project. They said, hey, what cannabis business would you start? That's really when the Big Peach Treats... Uh, business plan was formed at Oaksterdam University, right? He also kind of refined his butter making techniques back then. That's a big part of our story is our can of butter process. We still make our cookies with the old fashioned way with can of butter. Um, and I think that's why uh, people like our cookies so much. And is that kind of the origin of this? Like you guys are most known maybe for cookies, yeah, yeah. but like was the butter the impetus or was it like, I want to make the cookies better? Well, yeah, the butter, the butter is what goes into the cookies. Sure, yeah. But, right. like, that came first? That came, well, yeah, because we had trim. You know, we were, we were growing up on, in the Santa Cruz Mountains with our cousin, Billy, and, um, and we had a bunch of trim. Back then, 2009, trim was like, okay, you made some hash. People were throwing trim away back then. Mm -hmm. And it was like, what are we going to do with this? Oh, let's make butter. Uh, my dad's girlfriend, Jody, is an expert baker. So she's the original baker, and what she would make us cookies all the time. Finally, we made the butter, we made cookies. I forget what it was. It was a Super Bowl or a big sports game. We all got cookied up and got laid out. 
I mean, we're like sleeping halfway through the game. And we go, what a hey, rad family. Hey, we got to make Jesus. these a little like, those were too strong, right? Next batch, we dialed it back a little bit. We said, hey, we want to have a product that's going to be an enjoyable experience, really. That was from the very start. From there, we kind of had our, our two-dose cookie and our four-dose cookie is what we mm -hmm. used to call them back in the day. This is long before any testing labs. Yeah. SC Labs was probably... And know, long before later. any requirements about dosage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You so what did you guys, right, what did you guys think of was the ideal dosage then? You know, it, it wasn't even like a milligram thing. It was kind of, uh, the ideal dosage was you eat a cookie and it's like smoking a joint. You know, it mm -hmm. was kind of how we explained it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when it came time for California to regulate and yeah. say like 10 milligrams. Yeah, right. Was yeah. that an issue for well, you guys? Like, yeah, how did you look at it? No, now? before that. So, so we, so we started with a couple, the big cookies, right? It was the size of four of our mini cookies, mm -hmm. but a really a game changing moment of our business was in uh, two thousand, maybe twelve, two thousand thirteen. We we launched our mini cookie, and at that point, it, the the idea behind it was, hey, this is an easy way to eat your cookies. You don't have to eat a half a cookie. You don't have to eat a fourth of a cookie eat one cookie and you're good. Our, our dosage back then was 20 milligrams, mm -hmm. right? That was the original like micro dose in California yep. in yep. the medical days was 20 milligrams. Yep. And so we had our, our mini six pack and 10 pack back then. And that was really the first kind of game changer for our business that separated us from all the other edible companies that had the big cookie. So strong. Hey, it's so easy to yeah. dose this. And, and that's what we kept hearing from people is kind of these stories of, oh my God, I ate too much. and. And, and, and so that's really was the first kind of, um, you know, big, big leap our business took was with the mini six pack and 10 pack. Got it. So given that you're a legacy business, right? Yeah. Which you came before recreational. Yeah. There's very few of you left actually. There is man. Yeah. Why do you think this brand, this company is well, still here? You know, I think we, we spent a lot of time, kind of back to your early question, getting ready for legalization, mm -hmm. right? And, and we had the mini cookies. We had the a 10 milligram version before legalization as well. Why did we make it through? I think, you know, we, we worked hard on, on compliance from day one. We self-regulated. We, we operated like a real business that was being regulated even when we weren't and just tried to be professional and treat it like a normal business. We weren't doing anything. You were already doing le we were, legit. Yeah. We were trying to yeah. do it legit from yeah. day one. Yeah. And so I, I guess that's why I think Santa Cruz was accepting of us, right? Uh, and, you know, they didn't kick us out. They, they allowed us to um, operate. It was close. There was a few days there where, you know, going into legalization where it was not a for sure thing that we were gonna get the, the letter, right? Mm -hmm. the, the local authorization letter, and, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it ended up working out and so. Very cool. Um, so you started with the cookies, then you got to the six pack. Tell us about the full line today. What, what's everything yeah, you make today? we are really focused on, on, the, on cookies and the baked good products. We will be working on a lot of product development, some exciting things coming out. Uh, we just launched our vegan line, right? Which is a, a coconut cookie. It's like a macaroon style. They're delicious. They're they're vegan, gluten free. They kind of check all those boxes. Is that something people asked for? Yeah, that okay. was the number one request. Was yeah. oh, I need something vegan? You know, mm -hmm. it used to be gluten free, um, and then it kind of we saw it change to vegan, and, and so we said, well, well let's do both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rad. So we're here in New York. Yeah. For MJ Unpacked, 
which is kind of interesting because we both live in California. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, it's funny how things work out that way right. sometimes. What's the goal for you here? Yeah. You know, you, no one currently sells in New York. Everybody's preparing, right? You're heavily concentrated in California, although you told me you're going in a few other states yeah. now. What's, what's the point? What, do you, yeah, what are you doing here? East Coast expansion is the big thing, right? I mean, um, we're, we're very focused on expanding our brand into new markets. Um, and, and the East Coast will be a very important market for us long term. Uh, I think, but 2023, you'll see us out here in New York, uh, in probably Jersey and, and Michigan and uh, a few other states, hopefully, too. Right now, we're really focused on setting up shop in Arizona, Nevada, and Canada. Um, our Florida deal is going great. We're, we're doing very well out there in Florida with Liberty Health Sciences. Um, Congratulations, so. man. That's cool. Take me through the process, like how you do that. There's a lot of small brands listening to this right now, like wondering how do we get out of California and get into Arizona, Nevada, New York eventually, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, yeah. Massachusetts. I think there's like 40 of them now or something. Well, yeah, we've been working on this for a long time. It doesn't happen overnight, yeah. right? And it doesn't happen if you sit back and wait for it either. And that's one of the things I think that I've learned is yeah, it's not going to come to you. You got to go get it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be my advice: is yeah, go get it. Whether you got to call up a hundred people every day and look but up. Is that and, literally what you're doing? Like, I, you must well, be able to a, get a lot of introductions. Right? We have a yeah, yeah. I think I think for us at this point, we're a, a little we're more established, and at this point, we do have people reaching out to us. Yeah. Um, but we're still hitting the phones, and yeah. uh, you know, and uh, definitely. I mean, I guess I could ask the question differently. How did you know it was time to yeah. go to other places? Well, I think you'd look at the California market, right? For years it was, hey, things were going great. And it was, hey, let's really focus on the California market. Mm -hmm. Let's let's continue to focus on the California market and, and, and do that. And, and look, I mean, that got us to being the number one cookie, number one baked good in California by mm -hmm. a long shot. Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's now it's time. We're, we're number one in California. Okay, let's maintain that. We're not going to forget about for California. But it's time to go to these other states. These other states are thriving, too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. Very good business in, and in making money. All these states, absolutely which is a novelty Absolutely. for California cannabis. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to make money in California. Uh, we're lucky. We we run a lean business for sure, mm -hmm. in order to make money in California, right? And and you got to be scrappy. You know, I think uh, 2021, a lot of people got hit hard, right? And um, for us, it's was all about being scrappy to get through that. So you're going to get these licensing deals done. Yeah. How do you replicate this product in those markets? Obviously a little easier, given you're an edible. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that process. How do you sort of maintain that quality? Yeah, and that's the key, right, is maintaining that quality. Um, and that's what will be proven here over these next several years, several months. Um, and, and so it starts with the training, right? We teach, we, we, we have our licensee, they come to Santa Cruz, they spend time in Santa Cruz with us. We go out to that state, we do training out there. And then we have, you know, eventually, right now it's me, right? That's going to go around and, and JR is going to be helping us Dude, with that. Dude, that's fun. It is fun. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Good stuff. No doubt. So definitely got to be on top of the quality control and got to find good partners in these states. Well, yeah. And then how do you do that? Like yeah. when you go into a state, how do you get the raw ingredients? I mean, obviously there's sugar and flour everywhere, but right. like the weed part, like how do you make sure that that's good? Right. And, and you know, our can of butter process is, you know, you're taking the trim from the, right, and the buds from the, yeah. the, the harvest. So 
definitely in different states, though, it's not necessarily about it being good. We're not really necessarily worried about being good. But in some of these states, the supply chain is going to be an issue. In New York, Absolutely. the supply chain for weed is going not going yeah. to be easy at first. It's Maybe I should have asked, can you find the partners? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, and, and will they have the, the product to be able to right. make? Yeah, so, and, and that's where we're, you know. And that's why we're here. And that's why we're setting up shop. Um, Pete needs to meet, meet some of these farmers face to face because it is going to be through the social equity program. Uh, our, our product will be one of the first products on shelves mm -hmm. in New York and uh, through the 88 uh, initial hemp farmers that have licenses on the conversion side for marijuana. Dope. I don't know if we could hear that, but it was good for me. So yeah, I don't know if we heard it, but we'll see. Um, where was I going? So one of the reasons I decided to take this interview is because I'm fascinated with direct to consumer stuff in California. And you guys really are a very early adopter of that. I had Roy of Ginger on the show, I don't know, last year sometime. And your was the very first name that came up. Yeah. Why is it so important, and how's it going? Well, it's it's going good, right? Uh, it, it's going to be a long-term effort to build that up, right? It, you know, it's in the normal business world outside of the cannabis industry, right? You have all these different outlets to sell your product. Well, in the cannabis industry, or you know, it, or in California, we don't. We have one through the dispensaries, mm -hmm. right? Now, direct to consumer. So. We, we really like those guys, Roy and the team at Ginger. They're great. Um, and we look forward to growing that with them. But it's not like a huge. I'd be lying if I said, oh, yeah, directing consumer is huge and we're, you know, we're crushing it. No, it's, it's going to take time to build that up. Yeah. But we definitely are, are getting sales every day on our website. Sure. You know, it's not by the thousands like we'd like it. But. And <laughs> you're retaining all that customer data. Yeah. That's the thing, right? If yeah. you sell into Ease or you sell in these dispensaries, you don't get any feedback. Yeah. Yeah, and you get to own your customer a little bit more, right? Yeah. As, as far as we've kind of used to, at the dispensaries, kind of having this wall in front of us and the, the end consumer. So it allows us to, yeah, get the data, interact with our, our um, direct customers a little bit more. And um, so that's good. It does put a lot more of the marketing burden on you guys. How are you doing that? I mean, now are you hiring like digital marketing folks or you're working with an agency or how? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. right? We, you know, we did that when we launched. We, we had an advertising campaign and digital marketing campaign. and But it, right now it's more just kind of email marketing mm -hmm. and, um, you know, through the You guys the must have a book. big list yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's been a lot of years. Yeah. Good stuff. So give me an idea, not in terms of exact numbers, but like, how big of a business, part of the business, is it today? Well, in California, we we make we can make about 30,000 cookies a day. We make about 20,000 cookies a day, though, mm -hmm. um, wow. on an average kind of day in California. That's a lot so, of cookies. Yeah, yeah. Those are mini cookies, right? So those get packaged into like 10 packs. Yeah. Um, How know. many cookies do you eat in a day? Not, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> one or two. It would be before not bedtime. <laughs> Good stuff. Is, is kind of what, what my kind of... <laughs> Uh, consumption. I have. We, we do have a hundred milligram cookie. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it you know it has a chart on the back where you can cut it in ten pieces. But it's a hundred milligram cookie. Mm -hmm. And before we launched that, I did eat one of those to say, hey, if we're gonna launch this product, I gotta eat it because mm -hmm. you know I want to make sure it doesn't put me. You know I'm not calling the nine one one or something yep. or you know. And, and those are the funniest calls when people <laughs> call nine one one. Oh my god. So yeah. I ate it and and it was great. Mm -hmm. It was great. 
It was good. It was great. <laughs> Love that. Um, talk to me about fundraising. This is not a cheap industry. You guys have been doing it a long time. You probably raise money multiple different no, ways, or it's yeah. been all internal. Yeah. Tell me that story a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we've we raised we've raised one round mm -hmm. um, in 2018. We brought on our only investor. Mm -hmm. um, he's a great partner. Uh, this guy Aaron Saruya. Uh, you you would probably know him. He's a, a big time serial entrepreneur. Awesome partner. So up to this point, we've had one investor been self funded. Besides that. Um, and he keeps putting money. No, in no, no. We just did one just one round, and then we've we've been profitable and, and just kind of um, good for you. Yeah. And how about in the future? Are you yeah, we're working on something, right? We're we're really right now is that that initial round was really getting our infrastructure set up in California, mm -hmm. getting a bigger oven, getting a cookie depositor, just all the infrastructure getting set up, right? Mm -hmm. And this round is more focused on adding fuel to the fire for our expansion mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. we want to be the national cookie brand national mm -hmm. treats brand and we know it's we're not going to be able to just get there on our own so mm -hmm. so we are that's one of the things that we're doing back here in new york we're having great success uh with the private equity uh market and um uh, our a lot of excitement our, our partners are, are very excited to bring our our products out here and we're very excited to get our, our cookies out on the shelves For out sure. here eventually and um how much are you trying to raise oh um Around eight hundred and fifty thousand. So okay. it's a smaller type of yeah. investment. But that's see, that's really interesting because my my next question was going to be like, do you know how much it costs to go to these new places yet, right? But obviously, by the amount you're raising, it's really lean, right? Like yeah. it's a very asset like sort of model to go everywhere. Totally, yeah. totally. It, it, you know, and, and then it's product development and out of state expansion is really our focus right now. So what new products? Yeah. What's come? Well, the first thing is our can of butter, right? That's something that we're already doing, but. We're gonna sell that to the stores, but it's, that you can buy it. You can go home, bake your own cookies. Mm -hmm. You can bake a cake. You can put it on your popcorn. Um, it's an awesome product. Is the biggest company in that space still Magic Butter? Is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't necessarily have a product on uh, the California shelves. And by the way, Magic Butter, if you're listening, we'd like to talk to you about a, a collab here cool. uh, because I think I think we could make a Magic big Pete's magic butter. Yeah. There's a licensing deal. Uh, so then what butter. is it exactly? It, it's like a recipe or magic butter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a machine. It's like a crock pot. You oh, know? Okay, cool. But, but you know, a special kind of crock pot that makes butter, makes it easy on you to make can of butter at home. We're actually selling the finished product. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. don't got to do any work. Got it. Right. And then and work, no work. I yeah. I don't like work. Yeah. That's why I do this show. Yeah. So right. I don't have to work. Right. Um, is there something different about the can of butter you would make at home versus your guys' can of butter? Well, I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, ours is going to be the best. I mean, that's what we're known for. We have a perfect recipe, right? You're not going to be able to taste the weed. It's very, very just hint of weed. But we're making can of butter the old-fashioned way. We're not adding distillate in the butter and calling that can of butter. Mm. There are other products on the market, and that's what they're doing. And yeah. That's not can of butter, mm -hmm. right? We're going through that process. Um, you're going to get that full spectrum. There's secrets that I can't talk about that allow the way that we do it um, to extract all the THC yeah. where if you're just kind of Google searching, you're not going to get yeah. some no, of those secret recipes. I think you answered the question. You're doing it the old fashioned way. Yeah. Um, what else? Can of butter? What else is We're coming? We're working on peanut butter cups. That's going to be Ooh. one of the, uh, yeah, dark chocolate, a milk chocolate version. They're delicious. Uh, they're going to be made with rosin. Rosin infused. Yes. Those will be coming soon uh, to California. Yes. 
Okay, I love the rosin stuff. Yeah. I don't know why somebody decided to name it resin and rosin. Right. That's very confusing. Yeah. But they're both great. Yeah. Both really good. No doubt. <laughs> um, let's talk about dosage a little bit. Okay. Like, I think the California recommended is 10 milligrams, right? And that's why they, you have to package it individually that way. But I have noticed with some of the live resin or rosin edibles, they can hit you much harder, yeah. even with the same milligrams, right. right? Yeah, and that's what our can of butter does too, right? It, it's gonna, a cookie made with can of butter is gonna hit you harder than a cookie made with distillate, mm -hmm. right? We hear that from a lot of the consumers, the customer feedback, no doubt. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, same thing, because you're getting that more of that full spectrum effect, right? Versus just the, the distillate. Mm -hmm. I compare it like a vape pen versus a joint. Yep. You know, a vape pen's gonna be a little cleaner, not gonna get you as messed up, you know. A joint is gonna go straight to the head and mm -hmm. you're stoned for a couple hours. A but joint's... some of the great resins and rosins, it's starting to feel more like smoking. Well, joint. yeah, on, on the resin and rosin yeah. for sure. Which is crazy. Yeah. 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 Not quite, mm -hmm. not quite. They're still getting there. But I think for a lot of people, yeah. it's gonna be enough. No yeah. doubt. I mean, I smoke weed all the time, oh, but no yeah, doubt. like I think for a lot of people that those resin, rosin, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, and so it's more of that full spectrum, I think, mm -hmm. is, is why it's gonna hit you harder. Um, I think about, yeah, along the full spectrum lines, I think about a pure concentrate high as kind of very flat, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. it, it is cutting, it's kind of like a laser high, yeah. and it's more accurate and I think easier to dose, but yeah, you don't right. get that sort of full effect. Very little body. Yeah. From a, from a concentrate yep. high, I find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what kind of consumer are you, other than cookies? Are you uh, I like a joint. Yeah. You like to roll it yourself? Yeah, yeah, I like to roll it Very myself. Very therapeutic. Yeah, I like to roll it myself. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I've been smoking on um, a couple of our, our brands, that, uh, a couple of our friends, right? Th our guys, Three Bros, are out of Santa Cruz. I'm friends with this guy's cream of the crop. They have a really fire. I know them. Uh, uh, in my product. in my bag right now. Yeah. Cream of the crop. Fire products. So we've been working with them, doing a little bit of distribution in the Bay Area with them and stuff, and that's been great. So love those guys. Um, let's talk distribution a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that. Yeah, in. absolutely. Aside from the D to C, right? Mm -hmm. Who do you use on yeah. the distribution side? Yeah. And, and kind of talk me through that. Yeah, that we're set up a little bit different, right? I mean, we're we're a like you said earlier, we're a legacy cannabis producer. So we've been in the distribution business. There was, there was no distributors. No, there yeah. was no distributors mm -hmm. pre-legalization, really. I mean, there was a few, I guess. And so the edible companies were the best distributors. We do our own distribution in the Bay Area, in our backyard. We're, we, we've done it forever. It just still, it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we do a damn good job. And then we work with herbal distribution. Mm -hmm. They do Southern California. They do the far northern regions mm -hmm. of, of Northern California. And yeah, herbal's great. I mean, they're more of that full service. And when we went to that partnership, it was all about us aligning with the best. Uh, they provide scale, right? They show up with a box truck. We load it up on three or, three or four pallets, goes on the box truck every week, and it goes, right? And so uh, they, they kind of can help us get to that next scale. Um, in, in and the are they doing any of the sales side for yeah. you too? Yeah. Yeah, we That's work part of their very model. collaboratively yeah. Yeah. with the herbal team. They are, they're the best. I mean, they're very professional. And um, they have other edibles, like competitors to yours that they, that they rep to? Not a lot, no. They kind of have a nice mix. They have a nice that, mix. Yeah. I mean, there's not really anything else in the baked good category on their menu. Um, they got a few other edibles for sure. Yeah, baked goods though. No, no other yeah. like treats like that. 
Um, are they the first distributor that you've worked with? No, no. Back before that, we worked uh, with Soul Distro. They were great. They really helped us kind of launch into Southern California. It was really just time for us to kind of scale to the next level. But Soul Distro, we used to um, work with them, and they used to be our Southern California distro before Herbal. But that's it, mm -hmm. right? You see a lot of brands jumping around, distributor to distributor every six months, every year thinking the grass is always gonna be greener. Oh, my distributor's not doing well on sales. They're not getting any sales for me. Well, that's your job. You can't yeah. rely on your distributor to get your sales. They're going to get sales. Mm -hmm. they're, they're going to help, absolutely. And, you, and they should do a good job. But, but still, at the end of the day, you can't rely on your distributor to get all your sales. So that's the great thing about working with Herbal. And Soul, too, they were really good at that. Uh, but it's um, just that collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. You know, Going on ride-alongs with your distributor, mm -hmm. that would be some of the best advice is just, doing that as much as possible. Because it's okay when you show up with the distributor and the a rep from the brand, or even going with like other brands is another good way to do it. Mm -hmm. We do that all the time. So I want to talk about something most people don't like to talk about, which okay. is the illicit market. Okay. Um, you also are impacted because there's a lot of cookies and brownies and stuff yeah, that are, there? that I don't are know, illicit yeah. in the world. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Bigger problem with flour yeah. brands, yeah. for sure. I would say so. But Foot traffic, though, is where I say it hurts us the most. What What do we do about it? Oh, I see what you mean. Like people come in. Yeah, the foot traffic. There's less it. foot traffic in the store because yeah. they're getting are it from their dude. buying yeah. their wheat. Yeah. In California, I can speak to California, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it's a mess, right? It, it's um, they, they they've overtaxed, overregulated. I mean, we could have a whole podcast just on that. And they've incentivized the black market or the traditional market. See, I say it. black market too sometimes, and yeah. I get in trouble for that, and I don't yeah, know why. Well, well, whatever. I mean, call it what you want, right? It's not the regulated market, right? Illicit, gray, I don't know. I, I like mean, to see like I like to say legacy. I think that sounds sure, good. Yeah. sure. But <laughs> but we're a legacy market too. Right, yeah, yeah. And no, we pay yeah, our taxes, we go through the, all the, the, the hurdles to do this product and you know, yeah, it I mean, sucks, right? It sucks. It's, it's, it, but, but, it's, but really, it's the state's fault because they're greedy and they overtax it, overregulate it, and make it and incentivize the, black, the traditional market. Sorry. Uh, well, look, the California government sucks. That's, yeah. that's no surprise. They're super anti-business all yeah, the time. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But if you were king, what needs to happen? How, how does this get solved? They need to give us a little bit of a runway, right? I mean, they, there is there, some tax reform did just come through. I saw that's okay. It's it really good. just kicked it down. It's better than it is now because the way the system's set up now is backwards. It's just what's going on here. The the excise tax, the distributor collects the excise tax, and just the the cultivation tax is backwards. So we're getting rid of the cultivation tax. That's great. Yep. Having the retailer collect the excise tax that makes sense. I've been saying it from day one. But they're also Why wasn't it set up like that? the excise tax. Right, it, it'll go up eventually, right, so to 19. Like, right, it's stupid. What are we doing? It's stupid. And then on top of that, you have all these local excise taxes. 6% mm -hmm. goes straight to Santa Cruz County on every manufactured product in Santa Cruz County. It's so 10% in LA. Well, that's ridiculous. Crazy. Right? They're, make, they're basically making a royalty off our products yeah. for doing nothing. So um, I never but, thought about that way. It really is a royalty. It is. It's a like gross Mr. Wonderful, like, yeah, fucking yeah, Kevin O'Leary. Nice, but, yeah. but um, and I, I'm not here to bag on on our local Santa Cruz. But you know, I mean, come on, uh, the the taxes are crazy. So if they gave us a runway, let us get established. Let us build our businesses. Let us try to scale our businesses. Scaling a business is hard. Mm -hmm. You know, any business, Especially any with industry. Sucking all the cash out of it. And when right? you're getting yeah. overtaxed from the beginning. Um, 
it doesn't help, right? And so I think I think if they let us just get a, get a runway, build the industry up, stomp out the traditional market, allow this should be the new traditional market, mm -hmm. make it easier for people to you know develop a product maybe too, right? Um, but but yeah, that's that's kind of what I I would say is just be more business friendly in in, in general and um, allow us to build it up and then start taxing us like a little yeah, sure. a little bit more. I see a huge disconnect. Like everybody in California, I, I lived in Venice Beach for like three years, you know, and everybody's walking around with their like twelve dollar matcha latte and they're like super concerned if it's like raised here or shade grown or whatever. Right. But then they're willing to just like smoke weed off the street. Right. And I'm like, guys, like I, I don't understand. Like how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, right? I mean I would say like, there's still probably a lot of really good weed on the traditional market. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess you don't know what you're getting unless you know your grower, yeah. right? Which that's you know, pretty it, rare though. I yeah, think. I guess right. And uh, you know, but so what about there? There's lots of rumors, some evidence that a lot of these cultivators are selling some to the black market right. and selling some to the legal yeah. market. Now, look, I get that they're trying to survive, right? But it's a huge problem still. It is. Totally. No, it's, you know, and... Without naming any names, do you know oh, yeah. people that are doing that? Oh, yeah, I would you're, you're substantiating that. Yeah, got it. Guaranteed there's folks out there doing that, right? I mean, um, we, we were walking the streets of New York yesterday, went to a dispensary, and there are name... We walked into the dispensary, right? It's a medical... 39th and 7th. It's a medical right shop. Right on the corner. I, is it Mendo Men? Or Endoman? Maybe. Yeah. And there's California products with the California yeah. symbol on it. I saw that and, too. And everything. And they look real. I mean, I don't know. They could be totally knockoffs or somebody's shipping them out here, right? They're getting out here some way. Um, but yeah, you know, that it, we, we're very focused on, on a compliant culture, you know, so we don't do any of that stuff. But, but definitely there's, you know, they need to make the rules better so that way we can grow our business without having to feel like they have to do that to stay in business. So over the years, you must have had offers to be bought or reverse IPOs into Canada or whatever. Why haven't you done that yet? I mean, is that something you want to do eventually? Is the price not high, high enough yet? Yeah, I mean, I think eventually you're right. I mean, when we were starting in my dad's kitchen in 2009, 2010, we said, you know, one day we're going to, we, weed's going to go legal and we're going to sell to big tobacco. So that was the original like talk when we were making cookies in my dad's kitchen yeah. with a wooden spoon. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's the goal, right? That's the dream. Um, you know, but um, right now we're just focused on, on building a, a, a good business, mm -hmm. right? And, and kind of that stuff will take care of itself. But, and it's also okay to, you know, have, have the family business live on, right? And, and you know that's that's okay too. And collect royalty checks the rest of the life. That's a good dream as well. So absolutely, um, you know, we're 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 just focused on building a, a, a solid business. We've had some offers. Mm -hmm. The uh, the cannabis market though, in general, is is been tough the last few years, right? I sure mean, has. if you <laughs> the valuations have been just getting hammered uh, the last yep. you know three three or four years, really. Um, so so yeah, I think. That, that timing of that, um, you know, you get a lot of stock type of offers, sure. you know, all stock. Okay, well, I'm yep. betting on you now. And it goes down 300% in yeah. a year. <laughs> and so I have a kind of a problem. I'd rather bet on myself sure. at this point yeah. 
then some bet on somebody else and um, kind of lose that control and um, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah well the numbers just have to be bigger right and then it's a lot more appealing. yeah we got to get our numbers bigger so they at th- some those point you're like better, fuck so. control <laughs> well <laughs> yeah a lot of the, money anyway yeah um, well the numbers haven't been that big that's a problem for another day Take me through the day to day a little bit. Like, yeah. how much does your dad do? How much do you do? Like, yeah. So my dad's my, basically my right hand man. Uh, you know, he's very much involved. Uh, I'm more like the the business side of things, right? He's my right hand man. Everything goes. We, we talk about everything. He's my dad's great. Connecting with the stores, connecting with the bud tenders, connecting with the store owners, mm-hmm. the buyers. They love the guy. He's just. Mm-hmm. He's just a lot of energy you know i'm more focused on business and i'm a little bit more intense where he's just the fun loving like stoner right and we're both stoners but it's kind of role reversal in a way but totally (laughs) totally i'm more like serious business focused he's more eating cookies and having a good time good for him yeah i mean if i had that job i would never retire you're right Right. Basically, right? right? If I like didn't have to do Excel and like, you right. know. he says he wants to, you know, retire, move to Hawaii and retire, but I don't know. I don't. I don't really believe him. He changes up his mind. You, you know? know, people always say Hawaii, but I'm like, you live in California. What are you talking right. about? Well, like, you know, he loves Hawaii. He went to school back there. Okay. That was part of our story too. When he went to school back there on the Big Island of Hawaii, University of Hilo, um, 1980. He, that's when he got into the cannabis industry for the first time. Mm-hmm. Started as a trimmer. Then they got their starts. They would hike out to the volcano. They'd, they, he was a true gorilla grower in the 1980s on, on the cool. big island of Hawaii. They'd plant their starts right into the volcano. Maui, wowie. Yeah, I don't know. But, but they would deal <laughs> with all the different uh, elements, you know, the green harvest helicopters, gunshots. I mean, they'd get ripped off by the locals. It was, it was pretty gnarly. Yeah. So you've been in this a long time, man. Your dad, you... As a little kid, whatever. How do you feel about where we are? Like the, the corporatization, Wall Street, all this stuff. Well, I, th- I love it. I love business, right? So um, I think that's one of the, the, the blessings of where, where it all started from, right? We were lucky to start back then and, and grow, slowly grow our business, learn business. Back in those days, we were talking about this yesterday, People were so nice, like just the the medical, right? That compassion, right? Some of that's been lost, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, and and I miss the, that, right? That that was awesome. Like everywhere you go, people were giving you weed, and you go in the back room, and they go, "Oh yeah, try this weed," right? It wasn't regulated. There was they weren't tracking every bud, mm-hmm. right? So um, I miss that, but I love business, so I have to say. You know, I, I like that because back then it was like, oh, it's, it's all about compassion. It wasn't about making money. Well, now it's business. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's really my passion now is, is just business. Do investors need to consume cannabis to be successful in this industry? I don't think it hurts. <laughs> you know, I don't think it hurts. I mean, um, isn't that like the slogan for weed? Like, I don't think it hurts. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And I don't, you know, I mean, I think trying the products and stuff that you're going to invest in is probably a good idea. If they don't, would you take money from them? If they brought some value in some other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Um, I just meant, is that important to you? Like, is the authenticity of that community relevant? Yeah, I don't really know. I yeah. mean, you know. That's a fair answer. Our, our current investor, our one investor, Aaron, he's, he likes to I'm sure he does. If he products. invested that. 
you know, it's been a while. Too, he likes right? to. Uh, I just mean, you know, we're gonna go to this conference, and yeah. I'm sure you've been to other things like this. Oh yeah, it's a bunch of suits, yeah. you know, yeah. and like it used to be, even at the business conferences, you know, we were smoking all the time. Right. But yeah, it's it's changed, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just kind of interesting. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, it's there's a lot of money to be made, so mm-hmm. things are gonna change. And I mean, I learned that though. I, I I was telling you guys earlier, like we used to get stoned all the time. 10 o'clock break, let's roll a joint, right? Mm-hmm. This is back in the early days. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we learned, no, we can't be getting stoned all day and, and running a business. No, it's not efficient. We'd make all kinds, we'd fuck everything up. Yeah, it's not efficient at all. So, not, yeah. so you know, there's a time and a place. And, uh, but, but for me, I've, I learned kind of probably a year before legalization, hey, we got to kind of get our work done and not be stoned all day. So that's if, personally for that's me. That's good. That's good. That makes it easy to easier to invest in as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Uh, who knows? I mean, you know, I, I'm very lucky to, um, you know, for, for my dad to really kind of take this chance and, uh, you know, provide a uh, business for his kids, really. That was kind of his goal when he first started. And I was right there with him, but it was like about starting this business. And I graduated college, I think, 2010. And, you know, that was... Same. That was after the, you know, um, recession, and it wasn't like, you know, you went to college and, you know, oh, you get this big job coming out of college. So I don't really know. I think I have a passion for business, so it would probably be in business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a passion for sports, so mm-hmm. maybe somewhere in sports. Cool. Um, you know, did I you think play sports? I did. I played baseball okay. all throughout college. I can see that now. You look like yeah. baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so... So I love sports. Um, I always thought it would be cool to be like a sports agent. My dad was an NFL agent before nice. I was born. Pretty rad. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty rad. The numbers were not what they are today. No. But yeah, he had a really good time. He I had bet. a really good time doing it. So, you know, I'll say that, right? Who knows? I think that's a long road to get there and pay, you got to pay your dues and you got to have connections, but that's what I'd be doing. I think it's really cool, like, how humble and thankful you are for that moment. Because you do have a super dope life. Yeah. We all do that are in this yeah. industry. But, yeah, I mean, your namesake is uh, speaks for itself, right? And um, because we're in New York, because there's investors and sharks all over the place, that's not to be taken for granted. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of dickheads totally. in the world. And I think it's cool that you're not. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think that's a good place to start to wrap up. How can how can we help you? How can the audience help you? Well, just check us out online, uh, bigpeatstreets.com. Check out our Instagram, at bigpeatstreets. Stay up to date with us. Try some of our products uh, if you're out in California or Florida. Uh, and we're coming soon to Arizona, Nevada, and, and the, the great country of Canada. So um, when you see our products, just uh, give them a try. That's how you can help us. Good stuff, man. Thanks so much. It was great. Thank you.